I, I just don't go if it's heating up or it just dumped a bunch and it's like weird stuff's going on. It's just as like, you know, there's a bunch of days in the year, so I won't even bother. But if I was out and it was weird or things, I just look for little islands to go to. And Dark Starts, the podcast is sponsored by Handout Gloves, the best thing since shoes got laces. Experience five-finger freedom with Handout Gloves' patented zipper technology and enable yourself to get everything you need so you can do what you want. We're also supported by Powder King Mountain Resort in the Pine Pass, BC. Don't forget to bring your snorkel. Face shots are the norm. This show is supported by Koo Sports and their full line of snowboard and ski waxes and tools. Pro Standard in the Grill Mount, the most versatile GoPro mount on the market. Sands Meal Bars, the best tasting snack for all adventures without all the excess stuff you don't need. Be sure to visit our website at www.darkstarts.ca and go to our partners page to learn more. Hello and welcome to episode 82 of Dark Starts, your backcountry splitboarding podcast. This week we're talking with Temple Cummins, legendary rider and now backcountry slayer. Temple talks about his time with GNU and how he got started riding the backcountry of the Pacific Northwest and his current days riding and designing boards with his son Cannon. So sit back with a frosty trench brewing bevy and your holiday leftovers and listen in. Let's drop in with Temple Cummins. Temple, this is a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. Man, I've been a fan forever, and this is fucking awesome. So welcome, and thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so good. So good. Your wife is uh, an awesome individual and human, and I'm glad we were able to connect with Barrett, through Megs, through David, through... Mark, it's been quite the lineage to get to where we are today. Nice, yeah. Yeah. So what's uh, what you been up to? What's your day looking, or how was your day today? We're in the midst of a bunch of snow, so hopefully the mountains are going to open here, or they are on uh, Tuesday, so a few days away from the start of winter. Nice, and you're going to head off to Baker. Yeah. How long have you been going to Baker? Oh, I was, uh, probably went to Baker in the mid eighties, uh, on skis oh, nice. and then, and then, um, yeah. So my parents, uh, had a ski in when we were kids and then, uh, then we got into snowboarding. So they took us to different ski areas around Washington Nice. Baker was one of them. <laughs> now it's like your home, your your home mountain. Obviously, uh, it's sort of my home. I mean, it's my home away from home. I like all of the mountains in, out in Washington, so I try to visit them all. But Baker, we have a, a little condo up there, so it's made it easier to stay and stuff. Especially as we were uh, raising kids, or still raising kids, but the condo made it a lot easier. Nice. That, yeah. that does make things easier when you have a, again, like you said, a home away from home at Mount Baker. Yeah, it's it's really nice, yeah. It's an iconic mountain in the snowboarding realm. 
Yeah, it's got great train and great history and stories. And I heard some stuff about Sean Palmer, just like they wouldn't let them on the hill, and they're just like, "Fuck it, we're gonna go right there, just somewhere down the road." <laughs> oh yeah, oh like a road shot or something. <laughs> yeah, I've never just, heard this story. Yeah, I, I heard it in the podcast. I can't re- totally reference it back again. But uh-huh. it's, I did hear that where they were just like, "We're gonna go." It was on F and Rad. You're talking about they're gonna go right here, this one spot, and then that was it. And they were just fucking making some jump and they're gonna hike it and yeah have fun. Oh, that's cool yeah. yeah did you get to ride much with sean palmer um i rode with sean a little bit i rode for his company right um between like riding for libtech and riding for gnu i rode for palmer started and he asked me if i'd ride for him and um i took the opportunity and did a couple years with him, but he was, um, I don't know if he was, he was kind of getting into mountain biking at the time. Like when he started to really right. I remember that. just win all that stuff. So yeah. I, I definitely saw him. I mean, we rode and hung out quite a bit, but, um, I think he was kind of fading out of snowboarding just a little bit, you know, I mean, he yeah. was, the biking thing took hold for sure. But yeah, I got to ride with him some nice. for sure. Yeah. He was a crazy man. That's all I remember. Just like oh. craziness. Yeah. He's not all crazy all the time. He's <laughs> got a sensitive side too. <laughs> he seemed nuts. That's all I know. And that's why when he, when he went into the mountain biking, I was like, yeah, that lends well to his personality. Just that crazy, oh, lots oh, of yeah. energy and yeah. Yeah. He's a talented person. Yeah, there's no question. I love these boards, though. I love the graphics. They were kind of like super American, like big oh, time. the old Sims ones, or yeah, even the Palmer ones. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, the Sims ones were sick. Yeah. yeah, those two. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's very good for Sims. It was awesome. Yeah. So there you go. You've already given us the intro. You started talking about how you your parents got you on the hill at a young age. You were skiing, which in the '80s I get it. You know, we weren't allowed to snowboard. I started back in '88. Uh, that was when I started snowboarding but again it wasn't on the resorts man we're just dropping cliffs and little jumps and whatever we could make in the backyard but it was skateboarding in the winter time (laughs) that's what mattered to us (laughs) yeah we were pretty my brother mike got his first snowboard through uh through burton that was probably in a thrasher mag or something and um he was kind of the one that guided us away from skiing and uh you know, it, it was just kind of growing up going on the rope toes and skiing and stuff. It was fun. Nice. Well, yeah, with two other brothers, it makes things a little bit of a, well, sometimes it can be competitive. It depends on the kind of personalities you guys have got, but it's either uh, the Jeremy Jones story is that's how it was with him is like, I'm going to be better than my brothers. And they all kind of shared, mm. shared the first board and then Jeremy wanted his own. And so, yeah, you don't know, right? Oh, I was pretty fortunate to get boards from Matt. He had ended up meeting Mike and Pete, um, oh, who ran canoe and river. I think he tried to trade his skis in for a snowboard, went up to their factory. So he had an early connection with those guys. So I was able to get, um, boards or a board, you know, pretty quick out of the bat. So we didn't have to share. My brothers are a little bit older or Matt's about seven years older than me. And yeah. my brother Mike's about five years older than me. So they were kind of bigger and 
um, we needed different stuff, you know? So yeah, yeah, I got connected with a small board right away. So so you've always kind of been involved with the Mervin company then, I guess. Yeah. Big time. Or just because of like what I was saying with Matt and then, um, and then, yeah, getting to know Mike and Pete and, um, yeah, those guys are, yeah, a huge part of my life and my world and all that no forever, you know, since yeah. I was a little kid. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So then, yeah, so that's how you started your, and then how did you, so that's that how you got hooked up as well? You started doing a little bit, you know, realizing snowboarding is kind of your thing with your brothers and then canoe just hooked you up. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I just, I like got a board and just kept riding, you know, I was just, yeah. I mean, we just go to the mountain every weekend or even after school, we'd go up to Snoqualmie, which was like an hour away or something and ride for a few hours at night. And and then weekends, like go to different places. Hopefully we had a friend who had a place to stay or we'd drive there and back in the same day from our house, my parents' house. Well, it's definitely got an advantage having older brothers. That'll oh yeah. And you with you. yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's huge, but older brother's friends, uh, my brother's friend, my friend, Brian was like huge, um, huge taxi cab driver for me or whatever. He he liked (laughs) having me go along, but I mean, he was like, would always grab me and take me, you know, whether it was surfing or, um, snowboarding, he was always like, you want to go? And I was like, Oh yeah, for sure. Cause I didn't have friends my age. I mean, this is when I was like, you know, 12 and 13, like oh. going with somebody that was like 18 or 19 to the mountain or the beach. Yeah. So it was huge, huge. That's a big advantage and helps you out for sure. Cause I know yeah. when I started snowboarding, I was like the only one or two and me just fell everywhere. <laughs> trying to, fig- oh, trying to figure it yeah, out. Yeah. Just trying to figure it out. Right. Like, yeah. Like nowadays, it uh, you get an instructor to teach you how to carve. Back then, it was like, how many times can you smash your head off the ice? And well, that <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. That and having two older brothers that you got to chase that, down the hill all the time to keep up with. Right. Hey? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. A lot of head smashing. I no did. doubt. I did. Well, living in Tor- <laughs> I learned in Toronto, and it was like in winter times. It was like snow, and then it would rain, and then freeze, and then little bump on the road bump in the hill that we were riding on was ice and we're like we're still going snowboarding because this is cool because we get to yeah. hit our heads off stuff and whatever else <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, what was yes. what was the helmet man the first man it was so funny i got this helmet this guy brian timmons out of toronto he rode for burton back in the day and he got his first red helmet and he got you know the prototype whatever they gave him and and then he got the newest one so i bought or I think he gave me his old one and I'm out riding the pipe thinking I got this helmet I'm fucking safe and I hit this oververt in the pipe in this place in Toronto called Horseshoe Valley and his little light and, the, and fuck I launched literally in the middle of the pipe 10 feet above the lip back then the pipes weren't that big but still and I'm like yeah I got a fucking helmet break my ankle or break my wrist I'm like Oh, right. Cause I'm fearless, but I get, I, man, I got back on the, on the, but top. you didn't hurt your head. Didn't hurt my head. I strapped back <laughs> in, dropped in again. I was like, yeah, something's wrong. My wrist is messed up. So yeah. Hel- <laughs> Helmets don't always save everything. You just save your bucket, which is probably what I would have needed back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little more than, yeah, but that's okay. 
It is who I is. is it, it is who I am now. That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> what else? Fucking who knows where I'm going? See, there's the brain injury going on right there. It's all good. You um, leave it alone. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so tell us. Did you start competing at a young age, or what was kind of your? What did you end up doing at, to get more like to keep snowboarding in your life? That's like uh, yeah, contests were pretty popular back then. So or they probably still are now, but for, there seemed like there was a good system, which I think is still around. Um, but yeah, we would go to different contests um, maybe four times during the winter. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, you just got to learn a bunch just about different riding styles and things like that. So they were good, whether you're losing or getting fourth place or whatever. Yeah, there's a hype. There's fun. You meet new people, and you know, get to ride, yeah. get to ride the mountain by yourself for a few a few minutes. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Were you more like just doing slope style stuff back then, or what was kind of your your thing? Mm, I was before the slope style era. I was like riding the little half pipes, and then. Right doing races and stuff like that. They hadn't really gone to like jumps yet. Um, so yeah, just kind of like, you know, one day was racing and then the next day was a half bite. Gotcha. So that, that will explain why when Bill Lang, the guy who we met through powder King, he, uh, I told him we were recording with, he was like, yeah, that guy can fucking ride. He's just got the style in them in them. He said, I only got to see him do like two turns in the banks slalom, but it was like watching, you know, something else riding. So that would explain it. You've been doing it since you're little. <laughs> yeah, snowboarding. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, yeah. And just being in the snow because the skis too. Yeah. Pretty comfortable with it all. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So from there, what uh, kind of, how did everything kind of progress for you into like, cause man, you know, the nineties were big. You got into some videos. I know there's a, an iconic shot you've got in 1995 on easy rider snowboard video for you and Andy Hetzel, man, you do a train gap. Yeah. And, and like the whole build up and the, I guess it, it was pretty rad just like waiting for the train and you wanted to make sure the shot was right. And like you were testing the run and then you had to like, you know, that that's, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I flew from SeaTac to Reno that morning and then Andy came up, I think from, um, San Diego and, uh, Artie or Jerry or maybe Bud Fawcett actually might've picked us up at the airport and we went up and, um, there was a guy, a local guy that had built the jump and, um, so he kind of showed us where it was at. He had told those guys about it. And then we get there and the jump was maybe like two feet wide. It was just this small oh. little kicker going, going across. So we kind of took some time, rebuilt it a little bit, but the, the tranny in the bottom, there wasn't really any flat bottom from like the in run, which mm-hmm. was kind of steep to the lip. It was kind of just one continuous tranny. And, um, we hit it and then we waited for a train. Well, we hit it a few times and then we were just kind of waiting around for a train to come and acting, <laughs> I don't know, just kind of sitting there. And then, yeah, then the train came and Andy had, we had already chosen him to go first. And, uh, 
and then uh, Frez or Tempoir was filming on the lip and he's like, he made it go, but it was so loud. I couldn't even hear. I just maybe heard go, go, go because there's, I mean, I don't know if we knew how many cars were in the train. So it was just like, you know, just go right after he kind of cleared the landing or whatever. And I didn't know if he, like what the situation really was. Like, right. yeah, he must have made it, but, uh, but yeah, it was pretty entertaining. And then we flew home that day. <laughs> and that was, that was pretty crazy. Cause those train cars, they were like open hopper cars. Hey. And so if you, uh, came up a yes. little short, you're landing in one of those. Hey. Oh, you just, yeah, you weren't, if you came up <laughs> short, you were, <laughs> that was going to be the least of your problems. You know, <laughs> to Reno. <laughs> or maybe the Not best. Good. Yeah. Like, oh, that would be brutal. So what was another video that you, uh, that you actually enjoyed riding? Like are all the videos the same where you just kind of ride everywhere and they put together clips or, you know, there, uh, I, video? you know, I, I like, um, is there any videos that I really like? Uh, I do a lot of my own like little filming, not that I make the whole movie, but right. I kind of enjoyed making like a super eight camera a friend of mine, Chris, and I were riding a bunch of neat stuff, and that was really fun to whip out the Super 8 and put that together. Um, my friend, Tim Stanford, is the one that edited it for me, and then that kind of started a relationship with him filming. He works for Mervin, but he at the time, he was kind of doing, running their like printing press. Okay. And uh, then that you know, just editing that kind of, we started filming a bunch together. He'd already been filming these movies called homeschool. And, and, uh, in any case he lives close and we've been able to do a bunch of good stuff and film stuff, you know, just real locally or wherever with him. So I, I guess any of the stuff that I've worked on with him are my favorites. Cause it was you, it was kind of your direction versus, going out and getting a whole yeah. bunch of parts and somebody editing it up and making it look like it was all done in one day. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of a homebody. So I like to ride the train that I grew up riding. Gotcha. Well, and so a lot of those things, you know, you're going to Utah or, you know, riding stuff out there. You're riding in Tahoe. Tahoe has similar snow. Utah has totally different snow than the Northwest usually. And so it was always a little challenging to be just free and easy. Like I can be in my local mountains. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of made sense to just kind of do more filming for me around where I live, you know? Well, it it lends to your style because it's where you're, you've done most of your riding. So you look, yeah, you no, look best. In, shaped me. Yeah, you look best in that area because you're, you know, how you ride comes out better. Have you? Um, yeah, you're way more comfortable. Yeah, have you the, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna because you were talking about snow quality and what and the differences, obviously, um, you know, between the Pacific Northwest type snow that you have, which I'm imagining, having never been to your area, is just a, a little bit of a, a wetter snowpack, right? Or yes. more humid snowpack compared to what they would have in um, in Utah, like you were mentioning. Yes. So different ride quality as well, right? Stabilities and all that good stuff. All that good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> have you uh, ever been out with uh, Neil Provo at all? 
No, I haven't. I know the name though, but I can't really, I don't know if I've really met him, but I'm, I could be totally messing up. He's got a brother as well. Ian, they both, one skis and one snowboards. uh, Okay. Yeah. They've got some, they got some good writing, some good video boards. What? Where are they out of? The Pacific Northwest. So no, they're Utah. Oh, Utah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. they're Utah, uh, Idaho. Area. He chases uh, the snow too, yeah. though. Like he's like oh, Provo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, he's got. He's an epic rider. He was. We record. He was one of the top guys on my list originally to get on because I know he splits and. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he was a good. It's a great chat. Yeah, and they're an interesting combo because brother skis and the other brother splits, right? So they're the, uh, but they the skier and the splitter. It's both out there, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and they yeah. power surf at the same time. Too, yeah, they so. both power surf. Oh, damn. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do a lot of cool. videos on fishing, and it's pretty rad. So they do their own videos as well, kind of like what you're you're talking about. They're good at that stuff. Yeah, just out riding and filming for the love of it, right, yeah. in, their, in their areas where they're riding. That's what made me think of that because he does all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. How about Pow Surfing Temple? You do any Pow Surfing at all? Uh, I've taken a couple laps on a Pow Surfer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, not not in a whole lot though. Just maybe at Bald Face once. And then last year I was trying one up here that uh, was like a lib one that I took a couple little runs on. Nice. Yeah. When did you go to Baldface? Um, when I rode that uh, that uh, Pow Surfer, boy, that was um, a few years back. I don't know; it's been a while since I've been to Baldface, but I've been there a few times, and uh, uh, pretty nice. can't remember much about <laughs> when <laughs> Pow but Surfer the- was. Though I remember jumping on it on something probably too steep for my ability level and was like on a power surfer yeah yeah yeah. to watch pensier on a a power surfer now like that guy rips like the the only thing he likes to ride fucking awesome that guy just shreds Mm. it that's cool yeah yeah i've been on i I made my own darren and i it's kind of how the podcast that was the actual time that the podcast started i got on there it snowed a bit in town and we were like ripping around on my little power surfer feeling like we were you know 13 again and uh, it was fun. It was fun. It yeah. It wasn't yeah. super deep and super steep, but it was like, I think got two feet of snow and it was just a little bit of a hill, but it was fucking awesome and just fun. Yeah. That's what I would do it on. Just a little bit of a hill. Yeah. It, it's to me, it's like, I don't know. I, I do would like to, I would like to ride it in deeper stuff, but then I'm like, man, you wipe out, you're like swimming. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Legit swimming. Like, I don't know. I guess it's a lot like surfing, I guess, but yeah, without a leash, yeah. That. Well, no, you put a leash on, you make sure you pack a leash. Oh, on. that's true. Yeah, you don't want to be chasing sure, that sure. thing down the hill. No, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, when did you actually start getting into like riding bigger mountains? I know you started off like you know on the resort and all that stuff, and when did it kind of transition for you to go into the mountains a bit more? Well, a lot of the ski areas here have really good access to. Um, I don't know if, if you want to call them bigger, you, it can be called bigger, but it's just like more just like uncontrolled zone, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, not that it's like to high peaks at all, but it's really easy access off the chairlifts. So that was, you know, 
the obvious choice once things would get tracked out to go a little further that way or this way. And I mean, I guess that's where it kind of started. So something you did with uh, your brothers and their friends when uh, growing up, right? You guys would... Mm, not so much. No, no. The, no, I'd say more like, I don't know, probably in my 20s, getting into, you know, riding the backcountry at areas more mm-hmm. with just friends or whoever I was riding with, you know? Yeah, and that still would have been like in the uh, mid Mid late nineties, anyways, <laughs> mid fifties. <laughs> yeah, baby. I, know, right? I feel the same way. Dude. We're the same age, so I get it. Dude. I, guess, uh, I get it. Yeah, it was like the nineties. It was definitely nineties. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. if you're in your twenties, it was the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> I remember my times. But cool. So that's kind of what start you started, and you got the bug for pow. Oh, I had the bug for pow before. It was just the bug for uh, untracked pow. Oh yeah, and no crowds, no crowds, right? right. Yeah, and just kind of escaping. Yeah, yeah, because where you guys are in the resorts, I mean, the pretty good density. Hey, with uh, with the resort crowd, right? So, um, I think I read an article that you did one time where uh, they asked you something about like what's your favorite ski resort, and you said something along the lines of. Uh, the ones with the empty chairs or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I like the way you answered that. Just it's like, perfect, yeah. man. I love it. That's the, uh, I remember getting my first season's pass over to a hill and I would just go and ride in the morning. I'd get there first, you know, First chair, if not sooner, you know, and just try and get on the hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one resort that I, I had a pass to, they gave seasons pass holders the first hour. So the hill. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. So the first hour was only for pass holders. And then they would open it to the general public after that first hour. So you get the first turns. And I would ride until the lift lines got just a little bit too long, which was somewhere around 10 or 11 in the morning. <laughs> and then I just pack it in and go home. Right. And that was it for the day. But, nice. You must have lived pretty close. 10 minutes. It was 10 minutes from my house to the chair. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I've grown up like living like, you know, an hour plus from from the ski area. So if I'm going, I'm kind of going for the whole day. Yeah, you're packing for the day. But I try to get up there early. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I know what you're saying about cutting it once it gets busy or it's just chopped up and it's not doing you any favors, I guess. Well, I don't want to stand in line for as long as it can be either, you know, and it's all, yeah. just, you know, just for the same reason, you just want to find the untracked stuff, right. And enjoy the creaminess of it. Is that how like you started getting into split boarding? Cause that's kind of what really drove me to want to split board more is because we're riding where we ride, you can go split boarding right off the uh, top T bar. And uh, once the place, place gets tracked out, it's like, well, let's go up there. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what drove me to go buy one because I wanted to go up up higher where there's no no lines, no people, no tracked out. And is that mm-hmm. kind of where you got your start into it, or what was your first like glimpse of a split? Yeah, that's for sure part of why I got into it. I also like grew up hiking and stuff, so I enjoy um, just meandering through the woods, which on a split board is possibly the best part of the whole gig you know it is dude i'm so in line with you on that man entirely like sometimes i think that is i get more enjoyment sometimes out of 
the tour up than I actually do the ride down sometimes. And I know that sounds kind of weird to say to a lot of people, but, uh, but I really do enjoy that part. Yeah. It's fun figuring out your route out of everywhere. It's really fun. And the serenity and the peace mm-hmm. and just, you know, I know that's redundant to say, but well, since, <laughs> since temple's a, a homebody, that all makes sense. Mm. You just kind of stick to that area, you know, and right. You know, the pal- Get a taste for it all. You know, the fucking pal's good. So I go venturing all over the place, right? Yeah. You nice. got your secret spots. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the video that your Darren was describing a, a video he watched. You're out surfing with your buddy. Oh yeah, that's. I think it was in that Trust Temple Cummins video where uh, mm. uh, you're in the you're in your car with your buddy. You're going surfing, uh, and, and Bear mm. calls you, and she's like, "Where are you going?" And you're like, uh, "Secret <laughs> spot." <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of a uh, uh, Coco Ho was saying it bunch in this ad she was doing for um, <laughs> okay. WSL. So I kind of I really. Got a kick out of it. So got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Inside joke with Barrett. So she yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I knew he was filming me too, so I wasn't going to just go ahead and say where we were going. Right. True, true. I, f- I figured as much because the camera was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So what was the your. Secrets are good. Yeah. Well, always. For, in pow, in, for pow, pow spots and in surfing places. Yeah, of course. What, um, <laughs> what was like your first split like that you got? What was the first one? Uh, I swooped one from Pete. Um, that was a sissy. It was like a canoe board. I don't know. It was probably a 60 something. It was kind of long, but, um, that didn't really last that long. And then I got, um, Barrett had one sent down to the salty peaks guys and they split a board for me. Like that had the, had a motorcycle on it. And, um, yeah, she got that one split for me from them for like a present or something. So was that when uh, they were doing the, uh, kits, right? So they're just doing up the DIY with the volet kit on it. Yeah. 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 Man. So that was kind of the one that I put the most miles on. That's so nice, how long ago would nice that gift. have been, Temple? That's a nice gift. Yeah, that was sweet. She did that. Um, that was, I don't know. I don't know when that board was. Maybe 15 years ago. Okay. I'm yeah, not yeah. sure. I'm not sure. Definitely the 2000s, though. Early, yeah. Yeah. Fuck, I just discovered split boarding in 2010, so there you go. Yeah, I used to, I mean, for most part, I just post hole, you know, I still do a lot of just post holing and, you know, is my first introduction way before split boarding was just hiking, you know, yeah, boot pack it up. Yeah. Yeah. That kills the day though. <laughs> it kills the legs though. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The day is shot. You're like two runs. You're like, I'm fucking out. Like I'm done. <laughs> at least if you're splitting, you can at least conserve some energy and you know, you're above the snow. And I guess cause, yeah. uh, cause here the snow is not sticky. Like you, if it's four feet of pow, you're fucking sinking. Like, yeah. You well, do. yeah. Our snow here is very similar to that Utah snow. So yeah. it's like, it's super dry, crystally champagne, you know, sketchy sometimes type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So you went from that, you, you got that first board that was like a DIY. Um, 
maybe 15 years ago. So, uh, and obviously with your connection to Mervin and, uh, you know, growing up and seeing all that throughout the years, you, you've seen some pretty decent evolution happening in the technology and split boards. Hey. Yeah, for sure. The boards are so good now. Right. Yeah. Just no, he just got straight answers. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. definitely. Some, uh, well, no, just because the technology changed. It's okay. I'm not calling you out. It's all good. I like it. Just because you're just, that's it. You're like, yeah, shit's changed. Like, it's true. Like, what else can you say? Like, well, they've gotten so good, which is, which is entirely true, right? Because yeah. I, 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 you know, I never, I didn't get to experience Temple, those, um, those, those DIY setups with the volet and like, and how those must have ridden, you know, and, and all the little subtlety, subtleties, like, you know, the, the two boards, were they solid enough? Like back then, what was your binding setup, dude? Was it, you know, was it the plate, the volet plate with your binding screwed on to the top? I'm sure it was, right? Yeah, I think I had some GNU bindings on the sissy. And then I think I had some bent metals on the the motorcycle. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, now... Yeah, now the boards are, I mean, the Mervin ones have, um, they went to this little, I think they're called mounds, I'm pretty sure, M-O-N-D-S, or you could throw you in it if you want to, but they <laughs> take care of some of the uh, inserts. You know, you don't have a bunch of drill throughs, you just have the ones at the tip and tail now, and all just not having holes all over the base of your board is really nice. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know stuff like that, yep. you know. Yeah. They're just little things like that that I think are really, really nice to have. Well, even even the uh, the the like I have a an older Jones hovercraft, and even my you know board connectors like the middle uh, the clips in the middle are not the middle but mm-hmm. the ones that are in the middle of the board. You know they drilled through. They have you know the screws are right there. Like it's not like now everything is seamless on the base. Like that makes riding so much different too. Yeah, it's super nice. And having the edge in the middle is yeah. great too. Yeah, I, I don't find too much of a difference between the setups or like your regular board and no. those boards nowadays. Like, I, you know. What do you... Uh, I don't know. I don't ride the split board on the mountain though either. No, Usually no. Usually just I'm riding it in good snow. What are, you, what are you riding for bindings nowadays? Um, I have some sparks with just different like bent metal straps on them and stuff. Okay. Yeah. I, that's a we like a surge too. is what I have. Oh, is okay. a surge. Yeah. We, yeah. I had some caracorums for a long time. They were really nice. And, uh, just lately I've been riding these sparks. I had some caracorums also there. I just found there's a lot of moving parts with them. That's the only thing, but they're, they were solid. I, you know, I'm, you didn't yeah those guys are super good engineers so so all their moving parts are super solid for sure well when i you know when i first got into a split i couldn't realize i couldn't believe how solid the board felt because the binding setups you know is what makes the board feel like one right Mm -hmm. yeah and and then you know the the spark system with the the pucks that they've got going on the way it locks in it's really solid that's what we're riding right now we're hoping to get some, to try a set of uh, Phantom, a Phantom setup with their new slipper this year. Um, Whoa, I haven't heard of this. Oh, it's like a hard boot. 
It's like a hard boot, soft boot built into one. But it's like it's like a built aluminum plate for your base plate on your board. So it's a lot like a ski setup, but it's just way easier to step in and out of and transitioning is quicker and it's just yeah. Just it sounds a little hard booty though, huh? It is. It is. <laughs> it sounds anti snowboard. We, <laughs> we just got an email about that today, a guy talking about them and he was like he was telling like Darren's gotta read it yet, but he was telling Darren about how uh, Darren would enjoy it and kind of the pros and cons and he's like at the bottom and I love that he's like I don't know if you're going to get Chad to put on hard boots but <laughs> I was like mm -hmm. give them a shot like I'm just going to try it out and see what it's like but yeah give it a shot for sure well you know uh, Will from Spark R&D told me I got to get on a set so we can actually like you need to get he's like <laughs> Will's, Will said it more like I can't wait till you guys try hard boots <laughs> Because I, I can't wait to hear what you guys think about hard yeah. boots, is yeah. what he says. Yeah. So, kind of egg, egg, uh, egg yeah, Will's, Will's good that way. I, I mean, dude, I got into, I'm like you, Temple. You know, I grew up, um, I mean, I'm a little older than you guys, but I grew up skiing and then got into snowboarding later on in life, though. I actually didn't start snowboarding until I was 32, to be honest with you. Um, but, uh, but one of the big things that attracted me to snowboarding, I mean, aside from standing sideways and surfing the hill was, uh, you know, soft boots versus the hard boots from skiing, right? Because uh, I just could not stand putting those on as a skier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah hard boots have a bad rap, but the, I think that they put more pressure on your edges, which that's what they're after. Which ultimately is the best thing. Like when you said... Uh, you know, when you were younger and you started getting into doing some competing, you know, and, and some half pipe stuff Ooh. and you mentioned some racing. So like when you were racing, what were you, uh, what were you riding? Did you change your setup from the half pipe setup for racing specifically? And yeah, I'd have a different board that was just no kick in the tail, a little longer and stuff like that. But it had like a freestyle binding on the back and then well maybe a part of it was a freestyle on the front but then i did put on one of those like three strap bindings oh no shit like it has a it has a like one on the high back yeah yeah, yeah. and so that added a little bit more like you know lean over quick to the time side. to your toes yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah because i in but, that um in that that trust Temple Cummins video. I think mm. there's a shot of you at uh, at the uh, the Baker Slalom where you're you're cutting a corner, like you're in a bank turn, and you're just you're you're fucking laying down. Mm, <laughs> like yeah, you're I, euro carving I mean, in a corner, man, and I'm just <laughs> amazed, like watching that video. That's what Bill it, said. Yeah, yeah, it was fucking <laughs> sick, dude. Uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, I haven't written anything, but like. Uh, freestyle or like two strap binding since you know i i mean forever i mean yeah. like the three strap was like when i was like 15 or something but yeah i mean i definitely learned how to turn you know and so tipping it over is kind of easy in a way i mean it just is like a little bit of speed and you can wrap it around pretty easy. <laughs> Man. So now you, you say that, hold on, you I, say that, but dude, 99% of the snowboard, 93% of the snowboarders out there can't even get on their edge, period. Never mind pulling the board over like you're doing. Uh, well, I, well, that they should, because that's like one of the funnest 
things is like yeah. putting some G force on your body. Yeah. Like because of a turn is yeah. like pretty amazing to like do that, you know, and then to do it like a few times in a row feels really cool too. <laughs> to go from heel to toe, heel to toe, doing it that way, linking them. I know. Yeah. Just like usually you'll need a little bit of terrain that kind of unweights yourself too. Right, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like a good turn, like doing like that is really cool feeling. I mean, I, if you're, yeah, it's a nice feeling. You're going to have to teach me. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> not, <laughs> so, even, not even fucking around. So we, we interviewed Seth Westcott and we were talking to him about turning. You know who Seth Westcott is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking to Seth about, you know, about the anatomy of a turn in that sense. And, and he dropped a little wisdom on us and he was talking about how, you know, physically with his body and dropping his shoulder into the turn and, and doing all that. And then we got to talking about what actually goes into the board and making the edge hit that carve and doing that, which if, you know, when, when you as a snowboarder, and this is to the world, right? When you as a snowboarder discover that all your turns are about that right and just getting that edge and flexing that board so what i'm just kind of curious if you wouldn't mind dropping us a little yeah a little bit of your wisdom on that and (laughs) and how you see that oh man yeah let's see (laughs) and maybe you've never thought of it temple and that's cool too man like maybe you you don't know how to articulate that right now yeah it's unconscious (laughs) for you and that's cool and that's cool if that's what it is man but if it's not if there's a little bit if there's a little nugget that you can throw out there for us like because I know that I always think about it every time I'm in a turn, you know, and, I, and I'm not analyzing it. I don't mean it like that. I don't mean I'm stressing and I'm analyzing about it, but I'm just feeling mm-hmm. it. You know what I'm th- saying? Like my brain and my edge are connecting in that sense. I agree with you on that one too. Yeah. I don't know how to enlighten <laughs> right, <laughs> too right. much. I, I don't know. I just think that it's just like speed helps a lot. Right. You can't do a good turn going slow. No, no. And unless, I don't know, I mean, you can, but it's just not the same. So that helps. Powder helps. And what else helps? A good board, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Well, you (laughs) You know, know, the right size and stuff like that. Like we, we've talked a little bit on this, on this show before about, um, about Craig Kelly, you know, and, and his style and how he, how his knees are, forward. how his knees would come together and, and come forward. And that would help maybe flex the board between his feet. You know, Yeah. That was Dave get, Downing was telling us about that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. help get that carve going. So. Yeah. Yeah. Can'ts. Can'ts. Yeah. Have you ever ridden can'ts? Do you do that? Is it something you like or? Uh, I, I wrote them a long time ago. I just okay. set up or I just, kind of figured out that my son had his cans facing cowboy style though. Uh, <laughs> no way. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Dad was like, like bucks. Like that. You, you were like, no, 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 no. And you changed it. And he's like, dad, I, you fucked me all up now. <laughs> he didn't even know. He was all, I don't know. It was like, it was his first day out. He's like, it feels so crazy. Was, and then I was like switching it to a different board. And I was like, oops. <laughs> I didn't even know that they were like <laughs> uh, disc plates or whatever. Right, yeah. right. Is he got a spark set of sparks also? Yeah. Yeah, we're getting a, those, a set of those this year. Hopefully. The canted if they have, canted pucks, if they have supply, <laughs> yeah. coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. 
<laughs> supply chain. It's, it's mess. <laughs> crazy time. I'm sure you know. <laughs> so yeah. So then you um yeah, that's pretty rad though that you've you know you've done some bank slaloms and you've yeah, you got some iconic moves, which is awesome. Dude, you gotta see that video, man, because him just I was gonna watch it today, but I missed it. I watched oh, a bunch shit, of other ones. Dude, it was crazy. I watched like Quiet. That's another video you did in twenty twenty. Quiet. Yeah, isn't it one? I don't know. I don't I I don't think so, but your name was in the credits, so fuck who knows. Oh right? really? Yeah, oh, there shoot. might be a little clip you sold somebody or something. <laughs> I don't yeah, fucking know. Money. No, I, I, yeah. I did enjoy the video. I watched a video of you at uh, what's it was uh, the Snowboard Journal. You did a video part with those guys on YouTube. It was really good. You did some good writing. You and Alex uh, Lopez. Oh yeah, that splitboard and stuff. Yeah, that was a few years ago too. Yeah, that was pretty good. You guys were having a great Liam time. Liam did that. Yeah, the snow, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. Snow, yeah. snow looked really good that day. Which is awesome. Yeah. That was a nice day for sure. What um if you don't mind, what kind of what size of board do you ride and what's your preferred um what what are you regular or goofy footed? I'm goofy. Nice, me too. I don't think, <laughs> don't don't say it like it's a bad thing, man. Like you just said it like it was a bad thing or something. Hey, don't say it like it's a good thing either. Fuck man. you. <laughs> regular footed. Can't we all get along, dude? Or what? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I usually ride a 62. Last year I rode a 59 the whole time or the whole winter. But uh, yeah, usually I'm on a 62. What's How tall are you? I'm 5'10", 11-ish. Oh, you're riding a small board at a 62. Okay. A 62 is small. You? Yeah, I ride a 62. No way. I'm 5'6". What's wrong with you guys? Wow, that's big. <laughs> I keep um, I keep getting shorter and shorter on my boards. Fuck, I keep I'm, like I'm fifty six over two hundred pounds. I've been riding a one fifty six since nineteen ninety three, and then I go to a sixty two for pow and fifty nine. I got a I have a Birdman. We've actually both of us have a Birdman, and uh, mine's the fifty nine. I'm on sixty two. I chop the ass end down at the tail. I put it asymmed, and I love that board. If it could be longer, I wish it was longer. It's, I don't know. I'm weird that way. Yeah, that, that board, is it the split board? No, I've only got a solid. We both got solid. Oh, a solid. Yeah. I've ridden the, the uh, bird split quite a bit, and I love that board. So you, you like that with the, the it's also like the reverse camber as well, the same thing? Mm, mine's C3, so it's not reverse, but or the one I was riding. Nice. But yeah, I, I don't, I just ride C3s. Or cambers. Cambers. I like this camber too, man. The first time I rode that banana mm. on a hard pack, I was like, called the buddy that sold it to me. I'm like, what the fuck did you sell me? This thing mm. doesn't carve on hard. Like, what are you talking about? And he just laughed and hung up the phone. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he was like, you deal with it. Click. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fun. It's still fun to ride. Dude, I can rip my bird, man, on the groomers. Because I rode, I like I my camber. It. I'm like, Temple, I love the camera. I love the, <clears throat> the pop that gives yeah. you and that flex. And there's definitely, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I've, I've ridden like bananas or reverse yeah. cambers yeah. and uh, they have their place. I mean, that makes heel side turns really easy. Yeah, they I do. feel. And, um, you know, just pre bent is definitely, you know, easier for some sort of turning. But yeah, once. You know, you get in choppy snow or something. I felt like I just had to have the camber just for like a, a little bit of suspension, really, for my 
back into my board, you know? I agree. I agree hundred percent on that. That's exactly what I feel like with in choppy areas and like more groomed out or sorry, I'm about to burp. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> my trench beer brewing is uh heavily carbonated. It's good. I'm having some Viking amber ale tonight. It's been nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. Well let's so what was like what was it like as a kid getting your own like pro model? Like I, I need to know. Um, it's exciting. It's a little stressful too because you gotta start thinking about graphics. And so that has always been a little bit of a stressor for me. Just you know, trying to come yeah. up with something that is cool to you, but it's also sellable. Right. And um luckily I've been pretty fortunate with artists or different people that have done it that have always done a good job because I don't have any art skills. And so it's worked out really well over the years getting that done. But yeah, that's the main thing that's a little stressful. Oh, man. I know we just designed our own skins and we helped. It was a collaboration of the crew we have here, but it was it's exciting. I'm looking forward to see them in, you know, in real life in our hands. And uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Getting a few people where we got a small supply run of them coming out. And I think that'd be awesome to see somebody else take pictures of them, them riding our skins. Cause it's, been a, it's a collaboration and, you know, a brainchild of ours. This podcast is like a, it's a blessing. It's been fantastic. It's too much fun. Yeah. That's fun to design stuff for sure. Yeah. So speaking of design, and uh, and and the artwork on a board and coming up with the concept, I found this one vintage GNU board of yours, and it looks like it's from ninety nine two thousand, with the cowboy on the front. Yes, holding the knife. Yeah, is that you? <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> it might have been my cowboy face that's, uh, <laughs> that's that is Nick Russian who has done a lot of art for Lib and that was one of his crossovers because that's a GNU board obviously and yeah. so he did that for my board he did three different ones there was one with a knife and then just like a cowboy head and then one on a cool horse and i think that's for the base yeah this so yeah, one nick's worked at mervin for i don't know 30 plus years oh, he's, uh, this yeah, one's he's, got this one's got the cowboy riding on his horse on the base and it's just mm-hmm. he has no face it's just muted like he's just thinking kind of cruising mm-hmm. along and mm-hmm. um but what's cool about this board though man when i'm looking at it clearly a directional board Oh, well, yeah. there's no taper. There's no taper in it, but yeah. It's, it might just be the image and the way it looks. It just looks like it's got way more nose. Right. Oh, maybe. It might have a longer nose. Not even longer, but just it, but definitely some... And this one looks like it has taper in the picture here. It's some. This dude's got it leaning up against a door to like a closet or something, but uh, it... Yeah, it, uh, I, I think most of those are pretty much no taper and then uh, just this the latest board that i've done i put like two millimeters so just a little bit i think maybe even three millimeters 
but just tiny bits. I really don't like a whole bunch of t- taper, really. So, so I've always kind of steered away from it. So I'm I'm just kind of curious because uh, <clears throat> you get to play with shapes and and what comes out every once in a while. So that two to three millimeters of taper, like if you do just that little bit, does it make that much of a difference? Do you really notice that? No. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of curious. About but that. if you get into like the tens and stuff, you yeah. got to notice it. Oh yeah, ten four. I mean, yeah. you can maybe notice it a little bit. I mean, it all it just makes your trim different. So you're sinking more in your tail, you know. Right. Like when yeah. you go into a power turn, if you like to come out of it fast, don't buy a board with taper because you're gonna go into a hot rod mud in the turn. <laughs> you know, it sinks deep, right? Yeah. It's like. And so I always kind of tend to like the more full body tails. That makes sense now that you're saying that. I like that. That's a really good analogy. Cause I, I'm just thinking back of riding a lot of the boards I got that are all tapered back. Um, the pow and yeah, when you go and make a turn, you just like you're in, like you're locked in for a long time. <laughs> that's how I feel with them. Yeah. Get it. Yeah, it's fun designing them. Yeah, I, I, I designed snowboards back when I had no fucking clue. It was all, they were quote unquote directional, but I was mm. I was helping the guy with what I thought was good, riding on groomers, um, but, you know, not what the mountains were riding, you know, outside of Ontario. But uh, it's fun. It's fun. It's, again, I, I get it. I, get, I just never had a, a pro model, but I definitely helped with graphics back in the day and it was kind of fun seeing what sells and what doesn't sell. And, <laughs> yeah, that is fun. Right? Like, yeah. Just like, okay, purple's the year. This is the color. <laughs> this is the. <laughs> Burton did this last year. We got to do this this year. And back in the 90s, it's just like, what was Burton doing and what can we do different or what's going to be the runoff? And yeah, that's how it went. Man. Yeah. Yeah, I was really lucky to have uh, Mervin and my brother. My brother's designed a bunch of amazing boards over the years, so I was pretty fortunate to see, you know, the high quality designs without even knowing what I was looking at. It was just the norm. It was the norm. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good to be connected with those guys. Well, it's pretty cool. It's pretty wicked too to to grow up with the evolution of the board technologies and what goes into it, and then uh, I guess ultimately, then Temple today, what you ride is something that you conceived that works really good for yourself. Then the board, yeah, the, our new board, yeah, it is. It's been, we just rode it last year for the um, first time. Your first whole winter, so yeah, I'm looking forward to another winter on it. Sweet. So, you, do you have yeah. a you have a split coming out as well in the spring? That's what Barrett was saying. Yeah. So, the board that um, my son and I have designed it, and both are tagged on it. It's called the Banked Country, and um, it's going to have a. It didn't have a split board the first year, but this coming winter it will have a split to it too so excited to get on those so you and your son go split boarding is that yeah when did that all start oh once he could kind of get on a board you know like a, i think the smallest one was like a 51 so once he could kind of fit mm-hmm. a board 
before that it was like he could kind of walk in my track if we were just doing little laps or something but um but yeah now he's like a full-grown human so <laughs> he can ride it he can ride a regular old board now and when did you get your first like when did you realize have you done an AS, an avalanche like an aries course at all or is that something you just kind of you're one of those guys who just been in the mountains your whole life so you've kind of figured things out and did it with the right people or did you take a course um i've took a course uh in the 90s but um but, you know, I don't know. I try to listen when I go to teleops or things like that. And I've definitely tried to pay attention. And, uh, yeah, I've been in snow for a long time. So I, I kind of know when things are feeling a little wacky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the heli, I know I did a catboarding trip and they definitely, they definitely take you through the gears and they definitely give you, it's quick, but it's still like, if you pay attention and do it a couple of times, you definitely learn what to do and what's going on. And I guess time, yeah. time, time in the snow helps. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what are some of the things for you then when you're in the back country that would actually be like, a, okay, we get the, we need to get the fuck out of here. Cause this ain't feeling right. What are some of the stuff that you've noticed and you've picked up that are like, as Darren likes to say, the ducks in a row that need to get there. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like, okay, I'm out. Like, that's it. <laughs> Usually I'll see them before I even get in the mountains, you know? Like, I'm pretty heavy on the weather on a daily basis in the wintertime. So I, I just don't go if it's heating up or it just dumped a bunch and it's like weird stuff's going on. Mm-hmm. It's just as like, you know, there's a bunch of days in the year. So I won't even bother. But if I was out and it was weird or things, I just look for little islands to go to and, you know, ride out of it as safely as I can or the group, you know, we just get out of there. So, yeah, but what are some of like, what are some of the things that would be like, oh shit, this is not oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like some wolfing? Yeah. Like like if shit settles, yeah, that would probably for me yeah. <laughs> i don't know like uh you, oh you moved around too much you opened the garage it's all little pockets oh, sorry about that did i lose you completely yeah you just like hello you got sucked out by the garage door opening <laughs> you <laughs> stepped outside to soak up the uh the fresh air it was like the, the wi-fi all went with you <laughs> Uh, I'm back. Um, yeah, if I saw slides or, you know, what, you know, I guess, I don't know. I haven't really put myself in that type of position where I'm like out there and it goes super South that quickly. Right. So, you You know, if I'm out there for the day, it's, I'm pretty sure it's going to be good for the whole day. Because you've been watching the weather and you've been doing your homework and making sure that... So it's like right now you said you guys are getting dumped on right now, right? Like you've got yeah. that storm cycle. It's it's hitting you right now. So you're going to you're gonna let that come in. You're going to let it settle for a day or so and, and, and get set up. And then, uh, and then you're ready to hit that, right? Because you know it's going to be solid. Yeah, but if it was... If the mountains were open, I would be riding on it as it was coming down. Like on the... But on because the, they aren't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. I've just got to kind of wait until yeah. it opens. But, um, but if I were to be gone, like 
well today like it was dumping a ton but it was just too stormy and the temperature kind of jumped a few degrees like got up into like 31 and there was already you know at least 18 inches of snow so it was like i'm not really gonna go up there and put myself in that right now plus it's pretty shallow you know it's only like 20 or 30 inches base right now so i don't know i just went surfing instead (laughs) nice (laughs) still surfing in the in the winter it helps to live in california doesn't it or what? California, I live in Washington. Washington. Washington Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I always think no whenever I think mountains and in, in the surf, surf, it's my brain goes every time. But yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No worries. Yeah. Washington is where Mervin is, of course. So you're always standing sideways, hey man. So you got that. You got the surfing and the skating and the snowboarding. How do you? Uh, how do you? Do you see a lot of similar similarities for yourself? Like more so surfing and being in the pal. Uh, similarities between those two. Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Like your style and your ride. Like, do you do you feel? Do you get the same kind of feel? I'm not a surfer, dude. So, I you know oh, I, I've yeah. tried I've tried to do it and I and I was never really good at it. And, I, and uh, it's yeah. fucking hard to do, man. I've yet to try it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. You know, the the turn is kind of the same, but I can never turn on a surfboard how I can on a snowboard you know i just can't like engage the rail like a pro surfer can like how they can just sink it and like carve you know i mean i can kind of do it but a snowboard is like you know my width of my foot or the length of my foot you know yeah yeah, it's like 10 inches surfboards like 20 and i just can never so there's things like that that are different but i mean obviously yeah you're standing the same way and things like that but it doesn't hurt when you fall usually surfing you land in soft water but you paddle out it's a lot like you know um splitboarding in a way you got to paddle out catch your wave paddle back out get another one it's not like a right on tow, yeah. tow rope you know yeah absolutely. so there's things like that they're the same Unless it's a big wave and then you're just catching onto a jet ski and there's your tow rope. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sled. There, there you go. There it's you like go. a sled yeah. in the snow. There you go. Same thing. Yeah. Do you do exactly. much, have you done much of that? Any sled access? Just gonna... Snowmobile access? Yeah. 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 Nice. I don't have a sled anymore, but I had one for a while. I've had a couple of them, but I, I did a little bit. I was more into hiking or split boarding or whatever yeah so how often or riding the chairlifts actually is my favorite (laughs) well yeah there's no work just hop on and go the empty (laughs) the empty chair (laughs) the empty chair yeah how uh how many days do you think you get out into the backcountry split boarding um well Without chairlift access, I mean, because a lot of times I'll just ride the chairlifts for a couple hours and then go hike, you know? Even, even if, yeah, no, including that. Um, I don't know. You get a fair number of days, yeah. I mean, I ride, like I'll start riding this week and I'll ride till there's no more snow or whatever in May or whatever. So, and that's kind of what my sole focus in life is besides feeding my belly and my kids and <laughs> stuff. So, 
I love it. That's awesome. I mean, sometimes it fluctuates with a crappy winter, but nice. So, uh, when you, uh, Temple, when you get out into the backcountry, what, um, I mean, we talked about your board. Um, you know, we talked about your bindings a little bit. This boots. Go I, ahead. Would you, because you come from old school riding, have you, have you gone into a harder, like a stiffer boot nowadays? Are you still riding a softer boot? And what did you bring that over into your slipboarding as well? Mm, I try to kind of, seems like splitboarding can kind of blast your boots. So I tend to try to have a couple pairs just kind of in rotation, you know, like between just regular riding and going splitboarding. Um, I don't know. I don't, I try not to ride too stiff of a boot. I mean, I ride, um, they're probably considered stiff though, like the infuse, the vans ones. And then, um, I don't know. They're probably considered stiff, but I've definitely ridden some stiffer ones, but I like them when they're softer a little bit too. Uh, I don't break know. them in. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's like a board people who think they got out, you know, the, the famous line in the industry is it's a one board quiver. And I'm like, that's a fucking line of shit. <laughs> uh, you know, I watch people with the one board quiver ride pow and then go take it somewhere else. I'm like, you're not having fun. You're not enjoying pow mm-hmm. because you can't, you need to change your board up. Just like boots, boots. I feel the same way too. I think, uh, you know, we were just look. we just had, uh, we're about to have, we actually just had 32 on boots and we've talked to them about their Jones boot versus their, you know, uh, the Bandito, which is a softer boot made by Kristen. Christopher, I keep yes, fuck this name. Collab with Chris Christensen. Yeah, Chris Christensen, and his boots are softer. You know, he's got a softer boot, and then the Jones is a harder boot. And again, two different spectrums of the riding, right? Same thing with you. Like, what do you? What are some of the differences that you? Why would you ride a stiffer versus a soft boot? What are what would be the conditions, or just a different mountain area, or? Oh, I think maybe choppier snow. I might ride a stiffer boot. I don't know. I just kind of get a new pair of boots at the start of the season, but then I mix in the ones from the season before a little bit. I gotcha. You know, so yeah. I don't like smoke them out, split boarding around and they're still nice for the resort is, I guess, simplified a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. I don't know. I don't get on snow enough to blow a pair of boots out in the season, but <laughs> I sometimes if you know, yeah, you can go through a couple pairs if you're really, yeah, I mean, because we deal with um, a lot of wet snow and rain and I'll ride in the rain a ton. And, you know, that thing, those kill your boots. They oh, yeah. get them soft real quick, you know, yeah. as opposed to being in cold all the time and nice snow and stuff. That's kind of so, the privileges we have out here. Really yeah, definitely. Yeah, we got the nice snow, but you're freezing your fucking ass off. <laughs> That's why I called it a privilege. Yeah. Come on, man. Privilege. Yeah. <laughs> your stuff know. will last longer. Fucking yeah, rain it does. It. <laughs> fucking frozen. I don't know what I want more, man, to be honest with I you. I like a mixture. <laughs> I want to do both. That's the plan here. Yeah, to yeah. Get out more. No, it's good. I definitely want to get out in your neck of the woods in Washington State and get out there and get out into the, the Wasatch. And we've been talking lots of people all over the place. And I think it's... Uh, you know, we're getting egged on to come out and it's like, oh, wait till all the fucking restrictions change and we can get out a little more freely. But, uh, yeah, there's something yeah. to be said. There's something to be said about going on a trip. You know, what, is there a trip that you remember that you've been on that was kind of, you know, that you remember really well? Or you just like, that was fucking awesome. Outside of your house, of course. 
<laughs> I've had some amazing trips to Japan. Um, I started going when I was in high school, when I was like 18. And each time I've met people that are great that I'm still friends with, whether they're the Japanese people or, uh, I don't know, like I met Wes Makepeace over there when oh, I first dude. went. That guy's awesome. There when I was a kid and yeah. I'm still super good friends with Wes, you know, and, um, just, it's just a great place to eat and ride good snow and they're just a great people. I, um, he's another guy as well. I used to love, he used to ride for, it was, it was K2, wasn't it? Back in the day. He rode for Lamar for Lamar. a bit, but he's been that. on the. Lib stuff for a long time. Oh, it is Lamar. He is Lamar because he was part of the Lamar. I felt I love with all the Lamar boards back in the day because of Rankwit and then uh, Jimmy Scott and you know, all those. The graphics were pretty rad then. They were just like the, you know, guitars and Heineken bottle logos and so, mm-hmm. yeah. I, West Makepeace was definitely one. He, I know he's a really tall man. That much I know. He's not that tall, but yeah, he's way bigger than me. He's bigger than but me. Yeah. I'm only five foot six, so he's he's a big man. Then there you go. See, <laughs> true. <laughs> oh, that's funny. How, how much uh, how much writing have you done lately with him? What's he up to these days? Uh, he's I haven't ridden with him um, for last winter. I didn't ride with him at all. But prior to that, I ride with Wes a ton. He spends a bunch of time at Baker and kind of jumping around between there and up by Whistler a little bit. But yeah, I got to spend many days riding with Wes over the last 20 years or so. He's been coming to Baker forever. He's um, really fun to ride with. Get him on a split yet or what? Oh, I've drag, drag him out on one one time, probably his only split mission See, there's was episode. with me. There's an episode right there. See what I was talking about earlier. Taking out West. I don't know if he liked it, but that's what I mean. He, he probably didn't like it because he hasn't gone back. If he did, <laughs> I fucking hate split boarding. <laughs> He's like, why would you split? temple when there's a perfectly good fucking chairlift right there <laughs> or a cat or a heli do you do, how many do you get uh do you get to get out heli much these days or what was like no i don't i haven't helied in years but um i did get to do a bunch of good heli boarding um yeah in washington we have a good spot over on the east side of the cascades and now we got to go to Alaska a bunch of times and um, yeah, a bunch of fun runs. Man, that's like, we, we, I, I work at uh, mile zero of the Alaskan highway. That's where, oh, wow. yeah. that's where I work. That's where I was. Up when, north. Huh? Yeah, that's where I was talking to the day from. That's like mile zero. And I, there's supposedly some crazy story about it. I, I got to look it up of why it's even called mile zero. It's something about the war or military thing. I don't even well, that's the whole, the whole Alaska highway was built by the military. Right. Back in the day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's part of what I heard. Right. The person wasn't full of shit. Yeah. It was <laughs> no, not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Was that, uh, do you remember much of your Alaska trip? Um, well, I've had a few of them, okay. but, um, Sure. Let's see. I, uh, <laughs> rode in the helicopter every day for 10 days and 
it was great and sunny and uh rode with a bunch of awesome people and um yeah i've had a bunch of great trips up there what did you what did you like about the terrain up there yeah um just that you get more turns because it's so much longer so you can just like turn 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 and Big, it's just wide so open. wide open yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah just so much longer it's like riding a really long wave you know you just yeah, get more time that. on your board sold yeah we're i think we're both sitting here dreaming about that <laughs> exactly what, I'm thinking about. <laughs> what that must be like because haven't done it no definitely would like to do it. no yeah not. it's definitely something you want to do yeah yeah i'm gonna pull us back into splitboarding for a second absolutely because uh well that's what we're all about here. absolutely <laughs> but uh man i'm really intrigued by the the father-son thing yeah like how old is your son a cannon is 17 and his name is cannon Yes. Dude, that's a sick name. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah. he's 17 and you guys are out just tearing it up, um, getting out together. That is awesome, man. And I love the yeah. fact that you guys are out splitboarding together too and that you actually got together and designed this board together. Is that? Yeah. I mean, it originally just started as just a regular you know, board, and then we were given the opportunity to turn it into a split board too, which is super nice because I definitely do more and more split boarding. So yeah, it's going to be really fun. That's sick, man. That's awesome. What yeah. uh, what are what are some of the things that you guys put into the split board as far as design goes? Like, what are some of the things the the attributes about it? that you uh that that you and your son I think that's awesome to say man that you and your son came up <laughs> with in designing a board um with this board i, I don't know if you guys are familiar with magnet traction that's oh, 10 four entirely yeah yeah, okay. yeah yeah so we took off half the magnet traction so the front of the board is clean like radial and then it goes into magnet traction in the back which is coined as pro magnet traction or progressive magnet traction. Okay. So there's just in the tail because I found that in most cases, if I was in control, I really didn't need it up in the front. But when I noticed that I liked it was when I was starting to skip and like bump from this bump, to that bump, and it wasn't really there. And so I was like, I kind of like it in the tail. So that is new on this board or that hasn't been, done with Mervin before and um, along with adding um, a little bit of that taper we were talking about earlier and then it also has a little bit of a setback uh, camber profile so it's more in line with where my feet are at because I don't ride dead centered I usually ride you know an inch and a half or two inches back so that's about where the camber center point is yep. so it's like right below my waist or whatever it's more like a it's like it's more i know the terminology is rocker uh rocker to most people means like the reverse camber but to me a rocker is more of a setback camber so when you step on that board um more centered that nose kind of tends to come up more right is that what, uh, you, is that what you're trying to say no this nose i mean it's full contact to the end you know 
even when you're standing on, I mean, it's a full camber board. It's just as this just has some rocker between your feet. That's the, the it has the no rocker. No, it's pure camber. Oh, the split, it's, the split doesn't. No, both of them don't have any rocker. It's a camber profile. C3 is it. Some of them did kind of plateau a little bit, but they don't like have early rise or rocker at all in the front. I really like having full contact with my edge up front, my nose of my board, like having that contact is really important for how I like to ride a snowboard. And I like that thing to dig in when I want it to dig in and turn. And so it doesn't have any like early rise or anything. Okay. It's just the camber instead of being like centered between your contact points, it is centered. It starts like an inch and a half back further towards the tail yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's it still is like maybe a gentler slope i guess in the front of the board if you will mm-hmm. than in the tail yeah because you're sitting but, because you're back inch and a half to two inches yeah so i just wanted the camber to be right under me yeah I get so it. there's a i'm looking at the board now i'm on the gnu website and okay. looking at the board, so is it is it going to be this graphic, the black with the red? Yeah, that's the first board. That's the first year board. Okay. So just looking at it and listening to you talk about the technology and the board, I love uh, on the base, it's got the arrow with the GNU in the arrow, and then the tip of the arrow, um, the sides of the arrow are nice and smooth, and then you get magnet traction in the back half yes. of the arrows are the same thing like you were talking about, about the pro magnet right. traction. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, That's it awesome. kind of gets the point across. That was Pete that came up with that uh, arrow, arrow logo for sure. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's yeah, cool. yeah, that's yeah. really cool. I like the the tail on that. I like the shape. It's nice. The overall shape. Yeah, I've nice had too. really pill shaped board forever, so it was kind of fun to switch it up and do a new one. Nice. Nice. So the split and the solid are going to be the same, just one's a split and one's yeah. a solid. Nothing's going to be different technology-wise otherwise? No. Sweet. All right. Yeah, yeah. Now, how about the name, man? Can we talk about the name? Like Banked Bank, Country? Banked Country, yeah. How did that come out? Uh, well, it's part of, mostly it's about the train, you know, banked train, like just gullies and just, 3d terrain as opposed to like flat, you know, um, runs or whatever you will just having like 3d terrain is really enjoyable. And, um, so banked is from that, but the banked country was kind of, I was kind of a little set off on, uh, the back country episode last year where they tried to, uh, put some heat out to people that were using that term right back country and so I kind of thought it was funny and called it banked country got it got it all right, all right. <laughs> it. I get it I get it you're trying to be a little bit uh, I get it I get it I don't disagree it's a good little pun <laughs> fun pun yeah there you go um, well, let's uh, do oh my wire got caught. What uh, we're gonna give you? We're actually gonna give you something here right now. We're gonna give you 
Ken Achenbach, of which we all know, Mr. Ken, he uh, he's got his own company called Pro Standard. He created a grill mount. And the grill mount holds your GoPro or your you know or your um, Insta three sixty uh, in your mouth. So it's got two heatable heat two heat moldable tabs in the back of it. You uh, you dip them in hot water. You mold them to your your teeth, and then. Uh, you just pop it in your mouth when you do a run. You can do, use it surfing, skating, snowboarding. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I've seen them before. They're super radical. Yeah. So we're gonna send you one. Thank you. No oh, that's awesome. Thank you. And uh, just so you know, Darren, there's no black left. <laughs> that's because it's the most popular. <laughs> <laughs> it comes in. It comes in two colors: temple black uh, with the orange tabs, or white with the orange tabs. So generally, we always ask everybody, hey, man, what color do you want, black or white? And everybody usually picks black. And that yeah. really upsets Chad because I have a white one. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're all getting white ones now for a while. So <laughs> That's great. No, I win. <laughs> or lose, however yeah, you want to look at it. It's just a fucking joke. Nice. It's, all, it's all good. So yeah, yeah anyway, thank you, though. Yeah, no worries. I will get that out to you. Um, after yeah you'll you'll love that thing man it's uh, you know when it comes to uh to having to carry gopro and use gopro it's a pretty versatile gopro mount and uh as uh as ken likes to say uh your head is the best gimbal man right so yeah uh, it works really well it's that easy way. to store in your chest pocket so it's not a big deal yeah it's small that's cool i'll yeah, be stoked to check it out yeah we'll get you one of those so. Nice. Thank you. Thank what? you, Ken. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thank you, Ken, for sure. Yeah. We want to see lots of video of you and uh, Cannon killing it on the banked country in the back country. Yeah, dude, for sure. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> what are, um, what do you, what's some of the things you carry in your pack? You know, obviously besides, you know, your beacon shovel probe, um, you guys pack radios. Is that something you guys do or you just, you know, and what else? No, snacks. Snacks. Oh, let's talk snacks, man, because everybody, <laughs> everybody's got a different snack, you know, everybody likes a different snack and we've heard some pretty mm. interesting things, man. So what, uh, what do you guys like for snacks? And do you, do you and Cannon like the same thing or do you guys both like different things? We like the same thing. Cool. All right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I have like bars you know but I, I like to bring out what we had for dinner the night before or whatever you know if i got leftovers i'll wrap that up and bring it out um oh all right just whatever he's going mellow he's not like those guys that some of the guys we talked to that's charging the mountain going like we're taking the peak tomorrow four times <laughs> no I one's fucking eating true yeah <laughs> no i'm Drinking. not much of a peak bagger i'm more right. like just like a tree I like guy that. i know i can tell in your temple <laughs> tempo your tempo temple <laughs> um that's awesome so like some bars well you know what funny enough we have a show sponsor called sans meal bar and um, we will send you out a 12 pack of sans meal bars um, awesome thank yeah. you you know they say you know food shouldn't be filled with added sugars fake fake sugars and chemicals and ingredients you can't pronounce so sans meal bar is all natural 100 percent, and uh they fit great in your front pocket of your bib and then you just kind of nosh on them all day long that's kind of what i do um remember remember the old school power bars 
Yes. Do you remember those? Yeah, they were yes. like they were like freaking taffy, and you'd you'd have to warm them up, or else you'd lose your fillings, right? And they pull your teeth out. Right? Yeah. So the Sands Meal Bar is not like that. Is not it's not like that, but it's kind of like that. So it's not sticky tacky like that like was, it. but it's it's a bar like that. But man, it is some fucking good food, man. Like it, it's super tasty and packed full of energy and no crap, right? It, but it packs in your pocket like those old power bars did, right? Very similar. Yeah. yeah. So it works really great like that. It's never going to be messy in your pocket. It's never going to melt or get gooey or anything like that. You no. just pull it out, take it, have a couple bites on the on the track, right, yeah. while you're going up. And, then, and uh, yeah, so we're going to send for a few laps. Send you a box of those, and then we'll just oh, sweet. Just want to remind all the listeners, like we do give away ten free bars. You go to darkstarts.ca, go into the partners area, hit Sands Meal Bar. First 10 people that put their name in get a free bar shipped. As soon as this episode comes out. So it's free. There's 10 free bars per episode. Per so episode. as soon as you hear this episode, if you want a free bar, get on there and yeah. log in and get get a sample sent to you. And then anything you buy through our link, you get 20% off, which gives us a kickback as well. And everybody's happy. And it's been great. People are buying and it's exciting. And it's uh, keeping Corey, the uh, co-founder, super stoked on us. And yeah, can't be happier. Leave the leftovers at home. Yeah. Just pack a Sands meal bar and you're good to go. So <laughs> there you go. Right on. So you like you guys like leftovers. Now you're gonna like Sands meal bars. All right, blah, blah, blah. We got that part out. So what uh what about liquids? Like what do you do you get do you guys just drink water? Like what do you guys do on that side? Drink water. Boom. All right. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. Algene bottles, good camelbacks. What do you guys um, like on that side? We have like metal bottles or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just we would just kind of hopefully we remember to bring one up, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely the water for sure. Sweet, sweet, sweet. And then uh, like like Chad was asking about radios and stuff like that. Do you guys because because you said you like trees? You guys are riding in the trees. And and another thing that I, I read one time that uh, you had mentioned in an article is that. Uh, you like some distance between yourself and other riders when you're on the slope riding, right? Um, so do you guys, do you guys stay within earshot or do you guys carry radios to keep in communication or how does that work? No radios. Okay. Probably something I should get into, but um, yeah. just another thing that I got to charge and remember yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. So usually we're just in pretty close contact and, uh, you know, I don't know, phones, if you have phone signal, I definitely always have my phones because it's my camera, Yeah, you know, things like that. I so. think we all do still, right? Like, I think we're all, I don't think there's many people out there not carrying their phones with them because it is the camera now. Right. So, right. Um, but, but I, I think I, I think I get, I'm getting your vibe a little bit, you know, like I, I kind of feel the same way. I don't like to have too much shit happening in the pack, you know, and try and keep it slim and as low profile and as light as possible because uh, you like to stay nimble and, you know, not feel too weighed down by stuff. And and then, like you mentioned, not having to uh, worry about forgetting whether or not you charged it up and it's ready to go and, and all that good <laughs> right. stuff too, yeah. Too yeah, many things I, to fucking charge nowadays. <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what about, um, okay. Um, so we talked about radios and all that good stuff. How about this? Like, uh, obviously you guys are carrying beacons, right? 
beacon probe, yeah. shovel, all that good stuff. Do you guys carry anything in case of an emergency, like any kind of GPS device or communications no. device for in the backcountry? No, eh? No. You don't need to? Duct tape. Duct tape. No. <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck is duct tape going to save you? Doesn't it do? It fixes everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't have any of that stuff. All right. You need to get a sand. Yeah. Somewhere labs. Somewhere labs. So, yeah, somewhere lab. Uh, it's a pretty cool little device. The emergency. The yeah. emergency like, yeah. indicator yeah. or something. Yeah, I, I'm not going. Usually, I'm not going for like day missions and stuff i'm not that deep but uh, i mean things can happen anywhere but um i'm trusting the people i'm with a lot you know and they're trusting me and uh, yeah i i definitely think about that stuff i have a um like a carrying sled that i've used to go places and i almost feel like i want to start throwing that in my pickup and just having it in the car and then if something were to go south then i you know one person can go back i mean this is in the case of like somebody not being able to get out of where we're at and then going to get not only help but get the sled to get them out you know and there's things like that that yes that you know is probably something i should do that's because of you don't go very far from the car is what you're trying to say like you're not like well a 10 mile uh, yeah. out or it's almost no, like you're split boarding is, miles yeah no i get it's it, almost right? like what you're you're the touring that you're doing i'm getting the gist now man yeah. the touring that you're doing is what we call slack country up here right so you're not you're not really deep 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 in the back country right but you're uh you're close enough that if if something happened you're not too too far from the vehicle where you, you can get to it to get the help that you need no, I'm probably an hour from the car. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool, and that cool. doesn't mean you know, much because you mean, could that's be going just slow. Like thinking of once, pardon me? <laughs> you could be going slow, so an hour doesn't really mean much. Like it can't be, it could be close, it could be far. Uh, right, yeah. yeah I, I guess it. it's probably like within like a mile or two or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I hear you. I, there's all kinds of safety airbags on the backpacks and things mm-hmm. like that. And, Oh, I'm not into airbags. Yeah, no. no, the airbag, we, we've learned some things about the airbag. You know, it requires a good run out. You need to get the washing machine effect so that actually the airbag can pop you to the top, which is what its device is. Not good for. in the trees. No, the trees, it's a fucking waste of time. Mm-hmm. And heavy yeah. and expensive and just more stuff that you got to remember to charge maybe <laughs> before you leave the house, yeah. man, you know. Yeah. And yes. it's ready to go depending on what you're using. But yeah. No, I like it. I love it. I love it, man. I love it just like the quick uh the quick tour up tours up and, and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I guess I'm really fortunate to have that, you know, where it's not that busy and I can do that, you know, I don't have to go ten miles away or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something that we got a place that's two hours away from here, roughly. Maybe a little bit less, but then you got like a long Traverse it's up, three so. and a half kilometers to the top, and Which then is like uh, what six? That's probably two miles. Two miles. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Roughly, maybe a little more than two miles to the top. So it's not too too far. It's a long skin. Not gonna lie, yeah. and it's no, uh, it's a it's a good exercise for sure. Um, you know, especially for what you get out of it. You don't get these super long 
killer runs out of it but uh but you know it's it's fun to go out and make turns man and it's uh, yeah that's where i'm at too i'm my runs aren't that incredibly long most of them they're just you know can be quality good snow and that's kind of all i need the only problem like the the biggest challenges that we have where we live up here is that uh as soon as we hit the backcountry, dude, we have no cell service. Zero. Zero cell service whatsoever. So, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I, we have similar issues. And then you, like, it kind of goes black for a while and then it'll come through. So I kind of know where these zones are. Nice. That right. You have service at. But yeah, it's kind of holy like that here, too. Yeah. Like, we've talked to people in Europe. Oh, quite dude. quite a bit, and when they're in the backcountry, they got cell service the entire time. Probably better cell service than we have in, inside our city centers. Yeah, they're doing but, fucking. Geez. They're doing IG uh, story or um, yeah stories like live. It's not recorded video. It's live. Boom. It's up. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? You're in the Alps. Yeah, there's cell service everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Yeah, they're awesome. That's cool. Uh, I kind of like not having it though. No, I know? agree. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. The resort we go to a lot, Powder King, they, you get there and it's like dead. Um, so it's going to change here I think in the next year, but it's been a really nice salvation that you get to go away. And then as soon as you hit cell service, your phone oh, yeah. just fucking. Yeah, it just explodes. <laughs> yeah. But it's like. Ah. That's exciting though. <laughs> well, it's exciting that you get. Not to, really. <laughs> nobody's around. And just, there's no. And no one's bugging you. Kind of like the piece of it, man. Yeah, like it's, it's nice. it is that nice little escape, you know. Don't have to listen to that. Yeah, I like it. Well, I want to ask you about some wax because I know it's a big part of your life because your brother owns One Ball J, and uh, I'm a I'm a wax nerd. I'm sure you've got some <laughs> tips and tricks for me. Uh, we'd probably have a good, uh, you know waxing session together i think it'd be awesome but what are some of the things that you like to do hey easy now darren fucking don't get your brain in that direction oh that was too funny dude i'm not waxing him he's not waxing me we're waxing snowboards (laughs) chill out okay that's not where i was going with that (laughs) fuck anyways but you took it there chad well it's my self-conscious that's okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, so waxing. So what? What are some of the things that you like to do uh, when you're riding your solid? I don't know how much you wax your split. I know I, I realize that when I wax my split board and then I put the skins on or rip it off, that most of the wax is gone with it. So I kind of like don't wax it too much. Um, what are some? What's? Uh, go ahead. Uh, I wax my split board quite a bit too. <laughs> I, I scrape the heck out of it though because. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I just use, I don't know if he even has it anymore, but it was called like X wax and I love that stuff. And it was just my go-to the same temperature. And, um, I'm pretty straightforward. Like I'll just wax it and scrape it, you know, what, before it gets cold, sometimes I'll leave it. And then I kick myself because then it's Hard way harder. Yeah. But yeah, I just usually just wax. And I mean, if you can just do that, that's a big move in itself. Most people don't even get that far. So I know, right? I just wax and scrape and that's it. I like to, I don't brush or anything. Oh no, no. It's, I, I get way more into it then. So I like blend a few different because we get crazy weather around here and the weather, the, the, the snow is very dry. I blend a lot. 
I have a lot of old sorrel and then I actually have a, a bar of graphite that I run a strip in and I kind of make a nice, you know, a soup with my wax. Um, and then I use a cork on a, uh, on a, on a drill, like a rotor brush. Once oh yeah. I, once I've waxed, I, dr- I, I cork it and then I get rid of this. I scrape off more wax that's on that comes up and then I take the brush on the rotor again and I run X's or straight lines and text pad and oh yeah damn right on yeah that's cool and it's every time i go riding there's two boards set in the bag let's go (laughs) yeah i i if i'm like racing i will take more care but for the daily stuff like i gotta wax four boards so and that's for my family and i'm over it i just do it i hear you done but yeah <laughs> I, I, I hear you on making graphite and stuff i used to love mixing graphite and I, I weigh 140 yeah. pounds 45 soaking wet i recently i got it against guys that are you know like darren's you know almost 200 pounds these guys are bigger than me and they go faster so i'm like yeah i'll get the advantage don't worry yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs> dial that fucking wax in but uh right yeah so we're not going to give you wax from Sport because you probably have enough of it in your own. So we're going to give a, we're going to give some wax away to a listener. Um, I'm going to, I always like to give a question, question, answer, they, they answer me, the DM, they DM me the answer uh, once they hear this. So um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to ask the question. I don't want you to give the answer. We're going to leave the question, the answer out is, you know, what brand of Marvin boards does Temple Ride? And that's it. We're going to leave it at that. And let somebody else answer that question. But um, yeah, so you, do you brush your your boards much? Is that what you do as well after? Or? No, I no? I mean if I'm racing, I will, but I just scrape and done on a just what, on a regular wax. What's crazy is as soon as you use that cork with the with the, the rotor brush, and you see how much wax comes up with the cork, even though you scrape the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. It just changes everything. You're like, man, I'm leaving a lot of wax there. That's going to slow me down. So I need to get it all out. That's the hanging out above, right? So right. that's just me. Becoming My theory is, is that I'm going to ride a f- bunch during the day and it's just going to come off anyways. My board never gets dry at the end of the day. <laughs> no, it takes a little while. It takes I a mean, little while. Yeah, it takes a few days. I find it, it depends the, the conditions of the snow. If the snow is like getting crystallier and it's True. really cold, yeah. that snow yeah. and those crystals of snow are, are, are the snowflakes and crystals are getting a little bit more. I, I use my hand. It's like if they're more like erect and stiff and mad, then it'll pull more wax out. But yeah, I don't know because I ride two boards in the day. I usually ride one in the morning and one in the afternoon. So spoiled. What makes you switch? Uh, Again, first thing in the morning, lots of pow. So I'm going to ride a bigger board, um, usually more powder board, either my fish, Burton fish, or my uh, LibTech Birdman. Um, and then I'll switch over into something a little bit different in the afternoon. That handles, you know, a little more chundery snow in the packed out and the run, you know, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. just because I can. Cool. I have, yeah. I've got a big quiver. I'm, I spoiled myself. Nice. Yeah. I don't buy anything else. <laughs> yeah so yeah well that's awesome so somebody will be super stoked to get a back a pack of wax from Coosport and then uh, 
Yeah, well, we'd actually love to talk to your brother at, at some point. Actually, do an episode of split decisions with some of his wax because because I've used lots of his waxes as well in the past. So nice. Yeah, you should. He's uh, a wealth of information in the wax zone. Oh, yeah, that's going to be two. So we're going to get my old boss on Ron from Coosport, and we get your brother on. It'd be wicked. My first pack of, of I bought a bag. Do you mean like a head to head? No, no, fuck that. <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> no head to head stuff. We're just not checking, doing skier versus snowboarder because the snowboarder's gonna win. That's just how it goes. <laughs> Sorry, Ron. Um but anyways, good in my books. But uh no I, that was the first flat iron I bought, like a little iron I bought. It's like the new ones that you know one ball J has and then the little bag they give you that you can buy. I bought a bag with the scraper and the you know, the whole kit, I thought that was the best. I was like, that's fucking 80 bucks. I'm sold. I'm sure there's a lot more money now, but when I bought mine, it was definitely like, I'm not paying some dude $30 or 40 bucks to wax my board. I'm taking care of that myself. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Don't want to do that many times. No, like I couldn't afford it. No. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm a wax addicted. I'm addicted to waxes. So we're waxing. So Yeah. Cool. It's clearly something that you're into. I have scars, dude. I have a battle scar. I was sharp. We have the Coosport has this product called an Ice Buster. I think One Ball J has one as well. It's called different, but it's a, a side edge sharpener. And back when I was, I was doing lots of demos when I was in my early 20s, working snowboards and going to uh, skate shop to skate shop, doing demos, how to wax and this and that. And I got this one board so sharp, and I fell off the edge and it fucking. Mm two-inch cut and I still got the scar so not really yeah that's, that's a quick way to get you yeah do you do much edge sharpening when you do your bank slaloms is that something that you focus on a lot or not really he's got it dude because when you see that turn on that video that's man. why I'm asking I want, I want to I want to steal some tricks I want to know how much do you detune do you not detune um yeah uh it gets sharper if it's icier right you know, but if it's a power year or something, I'm not too worried about it. Right? Agreed. I, I ride sharp edges, you know, all the time. So they aren't that much different for that race. Yeah. Do you, uh, okay, two parts. Do you, do you, you do like sharp edges, even backcountry? Hey, like even when you're riding power, you like to have a good sharp edge on there as well. Yeah. I take care of my edges. Okay, cool. Sure. I, I don't like burrs or, you know, from kitten stuff or anything. Right, right. And uh, a little bit off topic, but just how many times have you ridden the Mount Baker bank slalom? Oh, I don't know. Let me think that about That many it times? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I started when I was, you know. 14 or 15 so wow i'm probably close to 30 times dang dang or you know maybe a few less because i've missed i've missed a couple and then like one year there was um it was just a pro event and i wasn't pro at the time and then there's been some snow years that didn't it didn't happen and this last year it didn't happen. So yeah, there's it's a, a bunch though, for sure. Were you there when you seen Terry do it switch? Oh, I didn't see him do it. I remember hearing about it later though. I, probably, I mean, people write it switch. I mean, there's a switch race. Yeah, I believe it. I couldn't do you it. You know, switch. like that they do at the end of like after everybody's done. Yeah. I think King Kingwell usually 
puts it together and gets people to get up there and oh yeah and, <laughs> yeah and so a bunch of people fire it backwards it's pretty amazing that is pretty amazing because yeah. i suck at switch man same. i just couldn't imagine same. being able to rip it that well same yeah i think there's i mean there's a few turns up top that are probably a little you know hot but then it kind of gets a little slower through the middle but those top turns are probably the most exciting backwards <laughs> i just like how he says that they're hot most exciting like is it that. uh is it a relatively similar similar track every year or is it does it do they change it up pretty good it's the same they've had to move it up hill in a bad year maybe five or six years ago oh, okay. they started off the top of eight but because there was just uh, low oh, snow yeah but, um, i remember that year no snow but usually it just starts right on the side of five and it's the same drawn out first for me. It's a toe turns and then, yeah, it, it kind of deviates a little bit, but they do little special things here and there in the, the um, bottom of it too. So it's not the same, but it's the same. It's in the natural half pipe and uh, it starts, the start shack is in the same spot usually. Sweet. Yeah. I've never watched. I need to go. Well, I've never been to Baker yet. So I've seen some point of views of yeah. uh, guys doing the run, and it's it's amazing when uh, I know myself. Every time I've run a slalom course, I never think about it until the end, and I get to the end of the track, and I'm out of breath, and I'm always <laughs> like, "Man, why am I out of breath?" <laughs> you know, it's like it's not like I was running or anything, right? But you just don't think about how much you're holding your breath when you're going into those turns and tightening up your core and and trying to hold stuff and uh it was just so funny watching this dude's pov and i couldn't remember who it was but uh on the pov it's just you could hear this guy just panting the whole oh time. really oh yeah. Yeah, yeah i thought you were gonna say he wasn't breathing the whole time <laughs> <laughs> well, which i think happens too but yeah. yeah no i know it does it's... for sure i know i know that's why i'm out of breath sometimes because it's just those like high the higher speed and the tighter the corner the more you're holding your breath going into that corner, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely by the end of the, the um, run, you're definitely like, holy smokes, cooked. Yeah. Yeah, it's always <laughs> blown me away at the end, man. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Couldn't imagine. I'd love to run that one day. That would be wicked. I guess, uh, you know. You have you, to get in the old yeah, dance category. The, the lottery. Well, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Whatever, man. So would I. Don't I'm worry. I'm always in the old man's category. <laughs> so I'm just taking, I'm the same way. It's all good. But, uh, cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's the same course for everybody. So it's whether, whatever category you're in, you know, you're getting the same feel that everybody gets. Just gets choppier. Mm, hopefully not. But yeah, usually it does get a little washboardy. Yeah. Makes it rough. So what's some of the, uh, besides your split coming out next year, what else you got coming up that's, uh, that you're kind of looking forward to the next year or so? Any kind of adventures happening or filming projects or? No, I, uh, I just kind of look forward to just being in the mountains once they open it. It's months between, the, you know, the summer feels like it's eight months sometimes. And, uh, so I'm just really looking forward just to riding again, just here at home. And I, I don't really plan too much. I mean, I'll definitely do trips and stuff, but 
they're just kind of driving right now mm-hmm. or just real close to home. Yeah. Nice. That's okay. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know what the fucking future brings. You just kind of roll with the punches, mm-hmm. live in the now and let it happen. Yeah. I just, I just hate to leave or plan something. Um, and then watch it be really good at home. Oh yeah. It drives me nuts. So I'll just kind of <laughs> wait till it's bad here and then maybe look at other spots that I could go yeah. to that are good. But Japan would always, is always a good place no matter what's going on at home. Yeah. Japan's really fun. I mean, I, I don't know if that's off the table yet, but that'd be fun to go back. I want to take my daughter over there and, um, she's old enough to kind of go and ride and stuff. So that'd be really fun. Yeah. I know we're looking forward to going. We've been Is there a particular area in Japan that you like? Um, I have had fun in the, um, both. I don't know. I like Hakuba a bit. I have a friend that lives there. And so I like that area, but I've also had a bunch of fun up in the Niseko, like Hokkaido. Yeah. I'm good. Just take me there. Like and right. put me with people that are after the same kind of conditions and usually it works out. Yeah. You're not looking to peak, uh, volcanoes. No, I <laughs> won't. I mean, I, I, I went up, uh, I think it's Yotai. It's in Seiko. It's like a really beautiful volcano. Yeah. And I think they stage it. So there's like 15 stages and, uh, I was with air blaster and we went up i think we got pretty high we didn't summit though but yeah it was cool to go up a volcano that was really fun i only watched videos of it <laughs> of yotai well any of the volcanoes y- like the, the tour i don't even know which one it's called yeah yeah, yeah there's beautiful mountains there yeah. oh, the snow looks good it seems like the snow is a lot similar to what we ride we ride because it's cooler conditions out there right so yeah and then it gets kind of mucky once March rolls around. April it starts heating up a bit. Yeah. That's when you go to Alaska. Peace out. Yeah, you should. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to map out like in the, at least 10 months of the year. Where do I go? That's kind of my plan. I'm trying to put a map together so I can have an objective every month. Okay, this month we're going here for a week. This place we're going here for a week. <laughs> you got some budget. It's yeah, awesome. no doubt. Hey, eh? that's why he does all that work that he does, man. Nice. Yeah, go to South America. Yeah, I want to Rafael Peace take me to Chile and Yeah, Chile's super fun. Yeah, I've never been New Zealand. New Zealand yeah. too. Yeah. It's all good. You got everybody'll be stuck at home. The flights will be cheap. There'll be nobody on the plane. It's okay. There you go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Fucking hell. Price will probably be three times more than normally are. Fuck. Everything's, yeah. going, everything's tripling in price right now. So definitely, it's scary. Yep. Well, yeah. Is there any uh, any tricks or tips you recommend anyone? Uh, that's something you've kind of like you know would like to share. Maybe something you share with your son that would be helpful to somebody that's new. Because a lot of people actually. Um, discover the podcast because they're kind of getting into splitboarding. That's what I've been, I talk to mm-hmm. people on our DMs and they're like, I'm like, how'd you find the podcast? Well, I'm kind of getting new. I'm not I haven't bought a board yet. I bought this much gear, that much gear. And I'm, you know, I just searched up splitboarding and there you were. So, you know, there's a lot of value. We're mm-hmm. bringing value to new people and, you know, what's some things that they could uh, start adding into their list of stuff. Um, splitboard tricks. I'd like to put my 
skins inside my coat between runs to keep them warm and ready to go. And um, I like to put my poles in my backpack if you can get a pair that breaks down enough, you know, keep it a little tighter so it's not grabbing on stuff. And what else do I like to do? I like to put my transceiver in my pocket so it's really easy to grab and quick and I don't have to go through all my stuff to get to it. So when you say your pocket, what you mean your coat pocket, like your jacket pocket or? I put it in my uh, pant pocket. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they have clips in them and you can clip them in. And you can clip the leash, yeah. Yeah, so it's really quick and just easy to get to if you get to that situation. Yeah, love that idea. All right. Um, keeping your skins warm, though, is really key. I think that that, I think if when you're learning, like, they get, you can ruin them so quick and then you're so done, you know? And even I would, I have carried extra skins just like with people that are learning and stuff. And just for that reason, once they're done, they're done. And if you have an extra pair, I know it's a little bit more weight, but, um, it's just, that's your access. You know, once those die, you're bumming. True that. <clears throat> True that entirely. Um, you carry, um, uh, ski straps too. Just for yeah, like a or a little little maintenance kit or something like that. Duct tape, duct tape. Duct tape. Duct Fuck, tape. that's right. I forgot duct tape. Do you wrap the duct well, tape around I mean, your pole, or will you yeah, bring? Is that your pole? bank slalom duct tape that you carry with? You? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I wrap it around my pole. Yeah, or you know, I'll bring a roll or a small roll or something. You know, I love it. I love it. Well, I think that um, in the case of like getting like a wound or something, you know, you could do a quick little friggin' <laughs> fucking duct tape put together, you know, <laughs> something. Awesome. I don't know. They love that in the emergency room. Who did this? <laughs> <laughs> you did Either this that or do you sign a temple? You just put, you bring a Sharpie so you can sign the duct tape to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you did more damage putting duct tape than you would have just leaving it. Yeah, but it looks so cool. Uh, maybe. Yeah, it makes it great, cool. baby. What do you want now? Oh, you guys got a wild tiger. My That's cat, right, yeah. Simon the cat, he comes in here and he just... <laughs> Chad's the tiger king of Grand Prairie. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, a cat and my little dog. They're both at my, my freaking heels. Anyways. Cool. That's awesome. Any uh, any other tidbits, you know, for that uh, for that pack, or do you think you covered uh, it? What else? I don't know. Just waking up early and getting going, you know. <laughs> dark starts. Getting a dark start. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Dark starts. Okay. I, I don't. Get, I, yeah, I haven't got too dark, but right. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, around here it's dark until like eight o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> yeah, we're in that mode right eight now. Eight o'clock too, in the morning. Well, like nine right now. We're getting to that point where it's almost ten o'clock in the morning that the sun comes oh, out. Oh shoot! The twentieth. Yeah, we're we're high enough parallel wise that uh, yeah, in the dead of the winter, the sun comes up around ten o'clock and and it goes down around three p.m. Yeah, true story. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty that's brutal. Short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True yeah. story. Yeah, my first time here in in Alberta was like, what the 
fuck is going on? Like, are we in an apocalypse happening here? Like, why? <laughs> yeah, but then we get the opposite in the summer, dude, oh, yeah. right? So, like, the sun will gnarly. go down at midnight and then it comes up at 3 a.m. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, that's a so payout. Yeah, it makes the summers nice. Dirt bike. That's for sure. Like yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've done that many times. Yeah, that's Out cool. On the trails late at night, for sure. Nice. Yeah. It's got its pluses and its minuses. That's for sure, man. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Well, um, I think that's it. Well, if you got nothing else first, Temple. <laughs> you <laughs> laid no, it. I appreciate you. Well, we appreciate What's you, it? man. You, yeah, you was... laid a ton of knowledge on us, and we really appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate yeah. your time. Yeah, it was good chatting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to get you and your son on sometime. That's uh, actually, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about doing a, uh, a, a husband and wife kind of episode maybe more in person because it could be easier all the personalities are in one room and uh because there's some weird dynamics that happens with with uh couples in the back country so i wouldn't know because i ain't got no wife or girlfriend at this point but i've heard some mm-hmm. stories and i think it'd be cool to talk about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i'd be fun to check out what other people have gone we yeah we don't have too many complications though yeah. It's good. Back country room. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah, no, it's super good. Yeah, it's always good to chat. But yeah, we're looking forward to talking to Barrett in the springtime. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Nice. Well, thanks again. Yeah, thank you. And we'll uh, talk to you really soon. Okay, sounds good. Take care. Okay, bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to Temple for taking the time to talk with us. As always, you can learn more about Temple on our website at www.darkstarts.ca in the guest tab. Hey, if you're loving the podcast, then be sure to hit the subscribe button, drop us a review and share it with your crew. Also visit our website at www.darkstarts.ca and follow us on Instagram at darkstarts.podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for our next episode of Split Decisions. While you're waiting for that one to drop, go back and have a listen to our episode 30 Years of Split with Dave Downing, the ever humble super rep of all things Burton, another legendary rider. Chad and I want to give a special thanks to the Dark Starts team for helping to make all of this happen. Stay safe out there all. Peace.